Yeah, no, it's the truth. The advanced version. Is, it's too easy forgetting the people who like us and treat us great. That's the easy bit. Even scumbags do that. You gotta love the people who treat us like shit. Right. Forgive the people who treat us. And not in like a self-righteous way either. That's the really no. tricky part. And and not in a... Not in a... a rolling over and taking it way either. Right. We love our enemies, but we don't let them take advantage of us forever. Right. And that's a huge distinction to make is the difference between... Uh, nonviolence and pacifism. At some point, the uh, someone committed nonviolence is forced to defend whatever things they love from violence. You know, and the path of pacifism is simply to allow. Uh, too soft. Yeah, it's. But in many, in pacifism may allow violence to reign by simply uh, allowing it to reign, whereas nonviolence takes a stand. And, uh, yeah, and so that's it. Goes back to healthy boundaries, which is like the the key. And basically, in my opinion, healthy boundaries is Tantra, learning healthy boundaries. Because we're, we want to say yes to everything, but at the same time, we want to say no to what we have to say no to. We have to know the difference, and we, our no's need to be uh, so well heard that violence is unnecessary. Yeah, healthy boundaries is Tantra. Because we want to practice unconditional forgiveness, loving our enemies, forgiving our enemies. While at the same time, we don't want to be uh, enslaved by enemies, which is kind of what they have in mind. So we have to love our enemies, which goes back to that Aikido saying, you know, I overwhelm my, my enemies by embracing them. You know, he's not hating on his enemies, but he's not letting them get away with shit either. You know? I think that's really the, uh... At what point are you... Are you drawing a line between what someone's doing to yourself and what someone's doing to somebody else? Should we be a hero? You know? Or should we be... Not attached. Is Tantra to to go and save the world? I think it's it's both and. It Tantra is the paradox uh, of both and. Whenever we find an either or situation, uh, if we can weave the paradoxical both and into it, we've found a tantric relationship. Om Shiva Shankara Hare Om Yeah, and that's how we, uh, We get out of our own way. We're operating on this linear uh, syntax, this thought system, this AI program that is called thinking. That seems to run in a binary code where it's either or, it's this or it's that. So by uh, by rewiring it to uh, accept the possibility of both and kind of shorting out some of the linearity. Om Shiva Shankara, Hari Hari Ganja, Om Shiva You kind of see that in the matrix, all of the ones and zeros, and ones and zeros. Yeah, either or, either or, either or, either or. 
that's kind of the language of programming. Well, it's kind of the language of language. There's this whole infinite reality that we're trying to overlay that on top of. That's mm -hmm. in between the cracks in mm -hmm. every possible way. Mm -hmm. The map is not the territory. Om Shiva Shankara Hariraganja Om Namah Shivaya. But both and because no structure is also pretty scary. Yeah, well, and that no structure is, uh, is, uh, what were we talking about earlier? Complete forgiveness allows uh, tyranny. The difference between pacifism and nonviolence. No structure can be pacifist. It can allow, uh, you know, if chaos reigns, then any sort of order can show up and take charge, good or bad, right? When there is no organization. Right. It's kind of like holding a container in a ceremony space. We're in a martial arts dojo. Right. <coughs> Without the container, the safe space is no longer safe. So that's the distinction with between nonviolence and pacifism, is that pacifism Pacifism just removes itself to a safer container, and if there are no safe containers left, then pacifism is subdued. Whereas nonviolence defends the safety of the container. Mm. Defend the safety of the container. Which is what we're having to do now, as we see uh, our world being uh, attacked, life itself being attacked. Earth power. is one hell of a container to defend. Earth is one hell of a container to defend. And uh, it's easy to forget why we incarnated here and what we're doing here at all. And it's easy to uh, be depressed about uh, the fact that we don't remember that we're actually here defending the container. From powers and principalities who wish to... Uh, make life uh, a commodity to be bought and sold rather than a mystery to be uh, uh, revered. Om Shiva Shankara Hare Ganja Om Namah Shivaya Om So the strategy is to win the hearts and minds of the people by presenting an entertaining version of the truth. Human civilization has come into a bottleneck. We've got all these uh, unsustainable practices that we cannot take with us through the bottleneck. We have to... Uh, for us to make it as a civilization, we have to eliminate all our unsustainable practices and adapt to sustainable practices, and that's the bottleneck we're approaching and going into. We've been approaching it, and now we're in it. And we have to drop all our unsustainable civilizational practices. And they're fairly obvious, and we know what they are. We have to embrace new ones, and, and we're leaving the old paradigm behind, and... We need a vision of what the new paradigm is. We need to defend that container. Oh. The container where we're safe to live and... To be happy and to be healthy. Yeah. Where everyone has that. Amen. And I believe the easiest way, the, the easiest, simplest, most cost-effective way to create that global safe container is to make gardening and meditation the twin pillars of public education. Do you think that re rebirthing America towards its original ideals 
could be a, a method. Because uh, that's that's something seems a little more accessible than like to turn America into India, kind of. You know, a lot of people are gonna resist. Yeah, meditation becoming like core pillar, but well, meditation to, is to the best of science. The container where we can all have a chance at life, love, liberty, happiness. Bless. I I think one of the things that America has traditionally stood for is uh, uh, innovation, scientific innovation. It's always been at the leading edge of scientific innovation, and meditation, as it turns out, is the cutting edge. It's the very best of science. It's the very best of science. Right. It's the very best of healing. It's the very best of consciousness, which is the very best of everything. We are getting to see that. Even the scientific, non-spiritual types. Mm-hmm. We're, we're it's not a, seeing it's, the overlaps. It's the, it's the doorway by which uh, spiritual experience can be scientifically studied. Om Shiva Shankar Hari Hari Ganja Om Namah Shivaya Om Shiva. I guess in a way, psychology was kind of a bridge between the physical sciences and the spiritual mm-hmm. sciences. Psychology inherited the the duality of the site of the of the client and the, the professional and the client, the scientist and the client. You know, and meditation, it, meditation is metapsychology. Meditation is the study of the studier. It's the study of the psychology of the studier. Right. And it's... And ultimately the forgiveness of the psychology of the studier, and then ultimately the abandonment of the psychology of the studier... The, the dissolving away of the psychology of the studier, uh, revealing uh, an awareness far more encompassing than the ego. Right, we realize the kind of fluid nature of that thing we call us, and we realize there's something deeper that kind of ties it all together. Hmm. The archetypes and the personalities and the stories and and there is this recognition of that those metaphysical realms, you know. Hmm. But like you're saying, don't get caught up in. actual scientific process the the boat that got you across the river and then get out on the other side like Richard Freeman talks about even yoga is a vehicle and to arrive at the destination you don't just keep sitting in the vehicle you get out on the other side you know and that that's uh, that that thing that we all share that reality that truth so maybe we're fast approaching a moment where we all collectively uh, uh, lift the veil of the ego and uh, experience a transcendent self or at least the complete interconnectedness of us all Woo. You know, good one. Oh, especially when you start to realize that what you're seeing about the world around you is actually projections from within your own mind. It's important to build good relationships with what's around you, because then you're building good relationships with with what's in your own mind. Amen.
Amen. Amen. That's a that's a challenging walk to walk. That's why I think uh, the Zen vibes of a first letting it all fall away first. It's hard to like 180 your thoughts into positivity, but if you kind of like settle things down, calm it down, come into more of a zero space, and then choose your direction intentionally, it's a little easier. Yeah, and again, the Zen wave works best in a healthy container, right. which which requires uh, essentially a, a a protector spirit energy. Word, which is we've heard so much about the toxic masculine, and it's. Uh, you know, I do feel that it's totally cor- correlated to the, the the traumatized, generally mutilated, circumcised masculine. Um, but having said that, to go beyond the 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 current trend of toxic masculinity and uh, reawaken. You know, the re- the reawakening of the divine feminine brings with it the reawakening of the divine masculine. They, uh, they work best together. Cooperation is greater than the sum of its parts. To... Uh, Two men walk into a garden uh, full of beautiful flowers, and the first is uh, so taken by the beauty of the flowers he's overwhelmed with the desire to pluck them all. And the second is so taken by the beauty of the flowers he's overwhelmed with the desire to water them all. And this represents the the growth from the initiated or the the uninitiated masculine to the initiated masculine uh, the movement from passion to compassion the initiated man has found uh, inner peace and doesn't need to find it out there doesn't need to take something from the world in order to to feel whole the uninitiated man is still out there taking from the world never being satisfied and this represents the evolution from the second chakra through the third chakra, which is willpower, up to the fourth chakra, which is the heart. This is the evolution from eros to agape, from passion to compassion. Om Shiva Shankara, Hare Hare Ganja, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Takra. So the taming of the toxic masculine, the uninitiated masculine, the, the predatory unwhole masculine which needs to consume the world in order to be full that an initiation uh, that uh, the initiatory rite is the is accomplished through uh, the practice of meditation it also reminds me of the, how necessary for privilege to be converted into service and for the ruling class to actually like you say take responsibility and take care of their people in a well our collective responsibility we are we're paradoxically discovering that looking out for number one makes us miserable and and in the end, it's serving others that makes us happy. And so those at the top of the pyramid, uh, you know, are discovering to their own chagrin that they've created, you know, the, the causes and conditions of their own misery. 
and the easy way out is to invest their resources in a safety net, creating a torus out of a pyramid. Boom, shoot. We could see some testing of these ideas during these COVID lockdown times. Turns out money is infinitely appearing out of nowhere, so we can, as we give stimulus checks and see how things go, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a... In times of paradigm shift, the playing field is leveled, hierarchies... Uh, hierarchies collapse and so the playing field is leveled does that make sense like in the, the age of the dinosaurs when the dinosaurs all collapsed the playing field was leveled at last the mammals had their chance right you know and so in this time of paradigm shift you know all these old hierarchies these ancient hierarchies of propaganda storytelling fake news you know these these ancient storytelling hierarchies have collapsed and now there's a level playing field for which a new story to arise and the story of sustainable civilization is that story I'm imagining this this increasing gap and the elimination of the middle class and small businesses and Imagining that creating a stronger contrast between choosing sides. Because now, really, your only option is to work for the big corporations. Or, like, go off-grid, you know? The, the, the middle class, the small businesses, they're, they're, they're kind of... Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to survive, and so we have to actually go all the way back to farming and... Gardening and gardening and meditation, really. <laughs> yeah. Gardening and meditation. And being spiritual well super spiritual well being and physical well being. Relying less on the But but imagine Right, it's almost a division between the city and the country. Right. You know, but with gardening and meditation as the twin pillars of public education, everything is taken care of. The cities we know can are uh, are uh, conditioned to thrive at the expense of the country, but by creating a, a country of citizens committed to gardening and meditation, the the countryside is abundant enough to resource the cities sustainably, and everybody knows that's how it needs to be. And the the boundary is the fertile meeting ground. I mean, big picture for us to be effective, like at, in political organization, we need to be uh, um, we need to have some kind of water drainage voting bodies. You think about the Mississippi River and what goes in at the top comes out at the bottom the Colorado River Basin, the Columbia, these enormous river basins where what goes in, what goes in comes out. These are, ecologically speaking, these are the real political boundaries. This, this is what differentiates, you know, one place from another, is their water drainage systems. You know, wars are still being fought in Africa because of these straight lines that got drawn on the map by colonialists. And wars are still being fought. You know, the real way that communities are organized are around water drainages, river basins. That's how communities organize.
And that's really viewing politics sustainably in a way that works in harmony with nature, in accordance with the laws of the Dharma. And we feel so far away from that level of organization, but we have to believe that it's at hand. I was talking to my one of my jujitsu coaches and he said he doesn't really push yoga even though he does yoga mm. uh, because it doesn't connect, it doesn't hit the uh, target market, or if you, you might say. People aren't, it's too abstract. It's too slow, it's not interesting enough, right, for young men who uh, are angry and needing adrenaline to, to kind of like feel the rush, you know, experiencing all that. And so, it almost makes me think of martial arts as like, an intense, a super intense form of yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, yeah, I would agree. Life, I mean, life is a form of super intense asana. It's nuts asana. Right. I guess uh, it all is that. It's all, if it's all, it's all that when we start paying attention to Mulabandha through all of it, then we realize that all of life is all of practice. So yeah, jujitsu, and I would say that that it's only a matter of time before that target market uh, is compelled to acknowledge uh, the virtues of yoga practice. It's only a matter of time For sure. before that really becomes a part of training. Kind of already is getting there. Definitely is. It's just a thing you can't talk about because <laughs> somebody's going to end up showing up wearing those tight little spandex black things <laughs> in a yoga class. And somebody from jujitsu class is going to see him and then... <laughs> That's really the meeting point right there. Right. That's really... <laughs> <laughs> the rubber meets the mat. <laughs> embrace, embrace the tights. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually a totally false, uh, whatever, preference. Yeah, it doesn't have any real backing. Well, so in many ways, the the yoga target market turned into women in spandex. Pretty much, that that's the that was the who was spending the money on it. That still probably is who's spending the money on it, right? That's who spends the money on yoga. Yeah, and so it it has that stereo. It has a legitimate stereotype because that's who's spending money on yoga. So that's who the target yoga market is, pretty much. Now it's expanded way beyond that, just simply because of its benefits. Right. But the target market is still for. Uh, but the but the the sporting goods community at large has kind of embraced 
tights and oh. under armor and stuff. Gotcha. Oh, I thought we were talking about yoga. Yeah. We're talking about tights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I th- <laughs> you're talking about yoga being driven by female marketing created tights. And no, created a stigma created... that that the MMA crowd doesn't want to is reluctant to uh, practice yoga together. Right, right. Because it's like for girls, which everybody knows it's not, but but it's just got that stigma. It's like, yeah. Is my guess. I don't know. Right. There's some stigma. Like like at the gym. And it kind of... They have yoga at the gym and it's like... Right. There's just a stigma around it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and at yoga it's like those bloodthirsty... Right, they're wearing gym shoes and they're like... <laughs> Do it harder. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Martial oh. arts is totally key for, uh, let's say, an entry point into yoga you might say oh and totally key for sustainable civilization if we are to maintain healthy boundaries which is what gives us accountability right and it's it's a it's a natural these are things that are natural uh, outcroppings of uh, of the study of sustainable civilization which is born out of meditation and gardening it arises spontaneously through that cultural development. This is sustainable civilization. How does it work? How do we keep it working? What do we do to make it better? And how do we defend the container? Bless. And over in a non-over-domineering way. Why the story of the Druids. The Druids were these, the powerful, uh, how do we say, uh, wielders of nature's Shakti. But they stayed in the background. Their purpose wasn't to, to be powerful, their purpose was to prevent any other entity from becoming too powerful. And out of that kind of philosophy of the Druids arose ultimately a republic. And the premise of a republic is the same as the premise of the Druids. It's basically the premise of all voices being heard. And uh, the real point is to prevent any one voice Uh, from drowning out all the others, which is what oligarchs tend to do. So the Republic and the Druids were in direct opposition to kings? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I think the Druids had kings. I think. But... The king didn't have too much power or, or voice, uh, as opposed to uh, right. I think in those days the kings were kind of public servants, integrated king rather than a domineering king. Yeah, it was. It was more of a role of public servant, I think. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Being a the, king shouldn't the figurehead of public service and shouldn't and really war. be the like job you really want (laughs) because it should be hard and it should be a lot of responsibility 
resentment builds from all of the the weight of responsibility now this person is is responsible for the well-being and the happiness of all these people i don't i think i believe there's a feedback loop that that success can bring a toxic feedback loop if we through success we can insulate our ourselves from our own reflection we can surround ourselves with sycophants with people who always agree with everything we say as though it's the best idea ever regardless you know what i mean and so consequently we can come up with terrible ideas get away with it amongst our our little group and somehow ultimately start going against the greater whole you know and we're delusional because we've been powerful enough to surround ourselves with people that will never say no and so we've lost our honest we've lost our honest self reflection we've lost our honest feedback you know and we deliberately uh, and it feels so good because the the truth of our shadow is so painful that we invest heavily in in keeping that shadow at bay at not seeing ourselves and not seeing the parts of ourselves that we don't like and so we invest in surrounding ourselves with sycophants and people who say yes mm. and and so success breeds a sort of toxicity and as in the microcosm so in the macrocosm so this is how the ego exists and this is how the deep state exists too they were both born to serve a function and they did it so well that they patted themselves on the back and deserved to be you know and now they're toxic and they've outlived their usefulness and we're just stuck in these old you know it, it's it continues to exist even though it doesn't need to anymore it's like the whole ideas of you know defending these national borders you know is kind of absurd when toxic air and toxic water isn't respecting those boundaries you know We invest in the illusion so that we don't have to see the truths. Mm-hmm. And we get more and more attached to... And the, the truth that we're all one is, uh, is the annihilation. It's hidden behind a, a lot of thorns and a lot of pain and suffering to, to cross that boundary, to realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do anything that the ego will do anything to avoid it. But on the other side of that is an eye of a pyramid that's invested in creating a safety net for the base of the pyramid. And the eye becomes a torus. And this is uh, self-renewing. Closed systems, kind of. Recycling. Yeah. Like recycling. Aquaponics. Yeah, the metaphor of, of composting our own ego. Cutting off our own head and throwing it on the compost heap. Metaphor over and over and over again with every thought we have. And letting it go. That's a self. Goodbye. That's a self. Goodbye. Over and over and over again and composting that ego. Or it gets all crusty and stuck and can't get it off. And that, and the key is, is always and ever is the breath, which brings us back into the body, back into the present moment, out of past and future, into the embodiment of here and now. 
that may or may not have thoughts passing across it like clouds to the sky. But it's the breath, the posture, the embodiment. That is the actual witness of the thoughts. And not merely witness of the thoughts, but witness of the entire experience, the entire sensory experience of now. thoughts come and go and they're good and they're bad and they're terrible and the embodiment witnesses and hopefully as we train ourselves the embodiment witnesses with compassion and ultimately a sense of humor do 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 Om Shiva. Om Shiva I, I saw a quote that said something like Om Namah Shivaya. Tibetan quote said, You'll know. What was it? <laughs> I forgot. Something like you'll know the, the real Buddha by his smile or his laugh or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some some lightness. Some. Yeah. Someone's yeah, seen a cosmic joke. That's why, and someone who knows that that if I can't dance, I don't want to be in your revolution. Better make me happy. If it doesn't make me happy, I'm not going to buy it. I might buy it once, but I won't buy it forever. Sometimes the revolution is hard work and not dancing. Sure. Sure. Or at least the our truth. perspective can feel that. Sure. Way. So I guess we have to. So. <clears throat> the West has tried everything to be happy. The West is is Tantra in its most innocent and devoted and off the hook. It's absolutely thrown itself at the quest to be happy through sensory pleasure. And come up empty. Yeah, we really thought we had it there about a trillion, bazillion times. Oh, so close. (laughs) With this new technology, (laughs) we will attain the happiness that we have been seeking. Blah. So this old, old, old technology of meditation and gardening returns to us our birthright. Which is divine life on planet earth is a, a simple simple gift we can give to future generations. So that they can grow up without the trauma. Jesus Christ, amen. I think that where we get lost is that we 
we see this supposed chaos and we try to control it mm. rather than harmonizing it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Flowing with it and creating something that is integrated oh. and connected What? rather than... And I think both Jiu-Jitsu and Aikido uh, help us uh, retrain ourselves rather than resisting out of fear we're almost able to lean into the embrace of uh what is the word i want to use conflict antagonism threat yeah. a sense of threat we can lean into it we can embrace fear it. Of, li of life in general fear of life we can lean we can embrace life right wow through that physical practice of redirecting energy instead of either crashing into it head-on or being destroyed by it. Yeah, burnt to crisp by this, it. this flow, this harmonizing with it. Hmm. And then we can do that with any situation that comes hmm. in life. Hmm. We don't need to have it life crash into us or pummel us mm. but we can tune in be aware and join the music in a way mm. and become a part of a whole rather than a kind of futilely struggling individual uh, controller mm. rather than Yeah, the the fear-based paradigm that's running all of us as individuals through the personality, the neurotic personality. The the pain-based individualized neurotic personality. And we want to fight ourselves and try and control ourselves and like oh, wake up at 6 a.m. or else. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> We, we, uh, we're in opposition with ourselves in a way, you know. I think that's true. One reason it's to true. become self-aware so that you can <laughs> learn to flow with your natural characteristics and and to listen to your body rather mm. than just going with some program to control it. Mm. How's <laughs> Nandi? Doing well. <laughs> I was just thinking earlier about how amazing main, I mean, uh, like Hollywood. Like, you almost feel like the depth and the, the connection you feel to these characters, it feels so right, you know, and you see and this hero arises and there's kind of this hero worship about it. And mm. so I think we try and emulate that and we want to be that one, that one hero that saves the world by ourselves. Mm. And I'm just finally seeing uh, that that could be actually like a propaganda kind hmm. of thing. To uh, want hmm. to be the one. Hmm. Because the one is actually like pretty self-focused and uh, I don't, well, not necessarily. <laughs> think about it. And yeah, it's... Uh... I don't know, what do you think? I think it'd be... I think, uh... It needs an army. I think the campaign strategy needs an army. I think it's got an army. I think an army incarnated on planet Earth. Uh... To fulfill... Uh... The prophecy of the dawning of a new golden age...
but it will probably look more like an oceanic wave rather than uh, like Luke Skywalker on top of a mountain. Right? <laughs> it will. It'll be. It'll look like a rainbow, an army of rainbow warriors, descending in a soup kitchen music festival parade. Words. And mass. A traveling meditation soup kitchen music festival caravan. Word. <laughs> Bless. You have it all mapped out. Bless. 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 And we will annihilate our enemies by making allies out of them. Achieving victory over conflict itself. And ushering in an age of peace and prosperity. Birthright of divine life on earth. I like that. I was trying to think of like, what is that birthright of ours that we have that we want and we, mm. you know, mm. I, I was having a hard time pinning it down. Yes, yeah. For now, we can call it divine life on earth. Uh, yeah, harmonious life, like opportunity and happiness. And Blah. Bless, bless. Word. You want some happy? Yes, I. I recessed. <laughs>